Thank you for tuning in to yet another week of this Campy Life podcast. I am your host, Kay the Rebel. You can find me on only one social media platform, which is Instagram. The podcast page is TCBL Podcast. If you want to connect with me on a personal level, the personal page is at Kay the Rebel. Questions, comments, inquiries, would like to do a collaboration or be featured on any uh, segment that I'm doing at this time. The email address is this can't single letter B L Y F E at gmail.com. First and foremost, thank you to the um, select a few. It was only a few people that did give me feedback on last week's episode, uh, episode 120, Self Reflection and Therapy Sessions 2.0. Um, I was so vulnerable, I mean, on that episode, and I really do appreciate those that really took the time and also took something from it. Um, that's what I do this for. And um, it looks like mental health is kind of like the theme uh, for me because I'm going to be discussing that yet again on this week's episode. However, I want to discuss mental health in a way that I feel a lot of us don't. We talk so much about individual therapy, which is basically what I did on last week's episode. So this week, um, I can't even take credit for the inspiration of this episode. Um, My bestie came through with a question posing, are you responsible for your partner's health? So, um, yeah. Mental health and relationships. We, you rarely ever hear anybody talk about that. Um, I think what we end up seeing, whether it's little clips on social media or even the TV shows we watch, we always watch the couples when they get to like maybe getting some type of therapy, if it's even couples, because couples is not always the first thing that a lot of people want to do, especially in the black community. But I do know a lot of people get an individual therapy. But again, what about you and your couple's mental health as a whole? Because we're a unit. So at this time, I am going to introduce my lovely bestie, my sister, my better half on those days that I just don't know what the hell I'm doing. So yeah, let them know. You back up in this thing. It's been a while. It's been a while, but you know what? I am always so appreciative of you for inviting me on your platform. Um, I feel when we do record, it's always great, great material. Um, Again, hey, it's me, Natasha. People know me as Witty Empress. You can find me on Instagram at Witty Empress 918. Um, Looking forward to really discussing this topic. Um, Kind of hush-hush, but I think we got a a few good questions we can uh, get the people rolling with. Absolutely. Um, so the question that we're going to just kick it off with and dive right in is, yeah, are you responsible for your partner's health? And I'll just go first, Natasha, and I will say that I never really thought about that ever, 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 ever until you posed that question. I'm going to be completely honest because, again, I think I'm with everybody else just stuck in the same box about individual mental health. Never thinking about how I have showed up mentally or if I could have affected anybody in my previous relationships and even how they've affected me, you know, in in the relationship. And I guess presently, after growing and healing and and doing some some self-work and all that and shadow work, I would definitely say that, yeah, 
I do have a certain responsibility. I don't think I have the 100% responsibility because we're all individuals, you know, first. But yes, um, I think it's something that I probably never paid attention to when like in those early stages of people seeing if they're right or not. And you know what I mean? When it's like, oh no, this person might not be right. You know, or now that I'm thinking back, maybe certain behaviors that I saw and I thought maybe that was just that person, but that really could have been a mental health issue. But again, I wasn't, I wasn't educated. I was ignorant to that. I don't have, you know, the knowledge that I have now about it. So, um, in my past relationships, I don't think I did take any responsibility for, um, my partner's mental health. I do have some experience with being with someone that did get a diagnosis about their mental health. And um, I will say that they didn't take it seriously. Um, You know, it was a diagnosis of, of bipolar disorder and they started taking their medication and they decided that they weren't going to anymore and that they were gonna battle. And I just kind of supported it and never really thought about hey, this is the pill, and I think I just, metaphorically speaking, let it just sit in my mouth. I never digested that, ever, and I am accountable, and I can say that I never did. And looking back, and now what I'm looking at, all the different changes that I went through with being with that partner, yeah, it's kind of like... They could have been avoided. They definitely could have been avoided, yeah. Possibly, yeah, yeah there's probably could have been something that I could have did had... I taken it more seriously and even had had they and I think yes. that's another thing especially I think you hear so many black women talking about going to therapy I see it all up and down my timeline on uh, Instagram I know people personally who I met open that they're going to therapy and then now also that I've been taking some of my talents over to clubhouse so many people black women again it's black yeah. women saying they've got therapy so yeah Again, I probably acted ignorant or, or didn't do do my best with the nap, analyzing that situation because black men in therapy is still taboo. It's taboo. Yeah, very uh, much so. Uh, uh. So I'll definitely, um, hey, as they say on Clubhouse, land my plane there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then pass it on to you for you to, you to answer what's your take of, do you think you're responsible for your partner's mental health? I, previously, no, because I'm. I used to be like that ain't my problem. But <laughs> being <laughs> being in a relationship, there is a certain duty that you owe to yourself and your partner to fully invest in that relationship. And sometimes it means putting on this savior cap. And a lot of the times, black women, we have this. I'm gonna be a savior. So a lot of the times, we take it off and we refuse to put it back on. Um, but with mental health, with people's mental health, I feel like we should put it on, especially with our spouses. Um, I can't lead you. I can lead you to the water. I can't force you to drink. Mm. And it's like, really, at the end of the day, I can be that helping hand to you. I can point you. I can give you the resources. But you ultimately have to want to do it yourself. And it's like, you know, do you want to better yourself or not? 
And it's like, I really think it's learning when to pick up the ball and when to drop it. Because when you get too invested in another person's well-being, you neglect yourself. So if you are able to put yourself in that position to help and then remove yourself when need be, great. But it is very taxing on your own mental health to give so much to another person and they, they don't want the help. They're pushing it away. So, I mean, it's touch and go. It's like, yes, I'm responsible for it, but it's like, how long do I stay there? Mm. You know, how, how much how much do I invest? Because as we all know, sometimes we get into these relationships and we lose ourselves because we consume ourselves so much with the other person's problems or whatever it may be. So, you know, there are so many roads to mental health, you know, and those roads get thin and they get thick, but it's up to you to choose whether you want to swerve and hit left or hit right, you know? Right. And uh, there's something interesting that you did mention um, when you were saying, you know, like realizing how much you're going to take on and wanting to do the, do, the, do the work. And it's like, geez, now it makes it seem like at this very moment I'm realizing like, yeah, we all talk about relationships of work, but I don't know. I feel like a mental health piece is like a whole separate oh. entity of work within the relationship. So it's like... That's like having a legitimate child you ain't asked for. And it's going to always yeah. pop up. This is true. This is true, yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. And I and I, I really feel like if we were to put it on our story and take a poll, I mean, it all depends on how transparent or honest people are really going to be. But it's like... There is no way that everybody is talking about their partner's mental health when they enter a relationship with you. I don't believe that, and I believe no. it would be cat if people say that it they would. do. It would, because mm-hmm. it requires a certain level of stepping outside of yourself. Okay. And a lot of people aren't able, capable to step outside of themselves to give a damn about somebody and the way that they care about themselves. Or sometimes that person is battling their own mental health disorders and they're like, well, I ain't gonna mention this as long as they don't mention mine. So it's like you got two crazy ass people in depression and they right. they spiraling. Or just um, people in society currently always trying to avoid uncomfortable conversations anyways. Yes. And that would be, I guess, an uncomfortable conversation yeah. to have at the courting or early dating stages. So um, I guess this goes to our next thing is... um. How do you deal with whether it's undiagnosed or diagnosed um, issues? I think for me, when I think of this this question in a relationship, I think undiagnosed stuff would be like the general stuff that I think is easy to kind of pick up on, which are the two most popular that pretty much everyone has either suffered from either one or the other or both would be depression and anxiety. Now... Oh my gosh, imagine battling both at the same time. Ooh, um, But I think um, there are some people who I think have showed signs of depression. And the only reason why I know is because I've been depressed before. So now when I look back at certain partners that I have and some of their behaviors, I'm thinking that yeah. they were definitely battling something but I think some of us black women might take those mood shifts as him just being moody or having an attitude if you're an insecure woman you might make it be that it could possibly be about be like with another you know woman if he wants to spend more time outside of the home because if he's in the home that's supposed to be like his 
safe place to show that depressive state. But then, let's just say he goes and hangs out with the homies and you slide up on a story and it looks like he's having a time of his life. I think we instantly perceive that as if, oh, you want to come here and be all sad and mope around, but you get with them and you want to show up. But that's because he knows he can't show up with his friends that way. But I think, which I know I have done it, just make the mistake that it's an instant attack or some type of rejection towards me when they probably were dealing with something. And they don't always feel like they can come... Um, to you and I actually as we were in the process because I know we've talked about recording this episode for like the past week and it's just so ironic that there is a group on Clubhouse where it's like an hour where you can ask black men anything and there was a woman that was asking like what is that about like if you guys are like depressed or your or anxiety or you're battling with that why do you not want to say anything to us? And, you know, most of the black men on the stage just said, like, how do you go to a woman and be like, I'm depressed? Like, a lot of them said that, you know, that's like feeling like you're lacking. Like, I'm supposed to be the man. I'm supposed to hold you down. So how am I going to come and tell y'all I'm mentally weak? So I was like, yeah. It's I was taboo. Like, I kinda, it's I a taboo it. subject. It is. It is. Yeah, so... um. Again, I kind of already answered the question about diagnosed treatment and how I dealt with it. Um, then, now knowing what I know now, if I had or have the opportunity to meet some guy and he is going to be transparent from the get-go and say that he does battle with a mental health issue that requires treatment, like he's on meds, I will be honest and say that I would X him out and like, oh, I'm out of here. I think I could continue to casually converse with him and maybe even go out for him from time to time. But where I'm at on my journey right now, I don't have the capacity to enter a relationship with someone that has that. And again, it's not because, oh my gosh, you have schizophrenia or you have bipolar, you have a mood disorder. It's not that I'm judging you for it. I just wouldn't be fit to to ride with you know you what you're thing. allowed to have on your plate correct and it's like me and i would never look at somebody else and say oh yeah you know like oh i don't know how you're putting up with that because look at me i gave the compliment to the gentleman of course we can't say who it is who me and you both know and how we said how he speaks about his wife and how he supports her through her her mental illness and how i think that is beautiful I think it's great. Remember when me and you were like, yeah, if these were the last two people on earth, yeah, like, who would you choose? And we were joking. And then I was really serious when I said that I would choose said subject because I think that's dope how he supports her through that. For him to have started dating her even before he married her and knew what she battled with, with inpatient psych treatment, I think that's very strong and, and a noble thing of him to do, but I don't think I, I'm capable. And I think also because I have children. So mm -hmm. if I was bringing somebody into that, I'm exposing my children to that. How am I gonna explain to children yeah. if this individual is gonna have an episode or they're a little off? You know, it's a lot. Maybe it was easier for the gentleman we're referring to to do it because he doesn't have any children. I, I don't know what mind state he was in, but either way, I think it's a beautiful thing. And it just goes to show that everybody has their person. And she's yeah. blessed that she was able to meet somebody that took her and and as is knowing that that was a battle 
and knew what they were signing up for and supports her through it even when it gets rough yeah and and it's very hard everybody isn't built the same you know i can honestly sit here and say that I've dealt with one person that I've dealt with their undiagnosed mental health issue and in the same sense they got diagnosed and you know this person has been in this depressive mood change disorder thing for maybe almost the past 15 years and you know at first you try to have a certain level of compassion you know, you try to have a certain level of compassion and we try and be there and be that friend and, and just be supportive of them, you know? And then you see, hey, it is officially diagnosed, but yet you're still not doing the work. So it's like, I'm not going to continue to invest in you, invest in us, and you, you won't pay attention to your mental health. And it's like, do you like living with this? You know, what are you doing to come up out of this rut? You were given the resources you did not use any of those resources so it's just like you know it's okay but okay they're undiagnosed let me see how i can be in helping hand let me see how i can provide them with coping skills for when they have anxiety when they feel depressed let me try and be that light to them that they can't always see but then when they're diagnosed and they're still not doing the work then it's like they're forcing your hand because it's like I've been rocking with you throughout this whole time you got diagnosed whatever it may be and you still aren't doing the work and those people are are dangerous to others and are dangerous to themselves Mm. because their whole life is upside down it's turmoil and it's back and forth and it's just like you know what I'm gonna sit this one out I can love you from a distance and I can be your friend and I can only give you but so much energy because it's like you know what you like living in this world you aren't doing what needs to be done you know, so it's like, and it's like, I would never downplay somebody that, you know, is, has been an inpatient treatment because it's like, hey, they recognize that something is wrong, but I can definitely kind of, you know, give a side eye to somebody that has been diagnosed and refuses to do the work. Right. So that, you know, it's a very dangerous game and it's a very thin line, you know, that they're skating on. You know, and, and it, it gets messy and it's hurtful and it's very selfish at times when they have other people that are depending on them. This said person had kids and they just couldn't get it together. You know? So. so do you think or in your experience um, with dating and, and the past, you know, currently off the market, but do you have you had anybody be forthcoming about battles with like depression or anxiety yeah any any man yeah that said individual he was forthcoming he before was his diagnosis okay. so he was one. forthcoming with that's his, only one um but thinking about it a lot of people not a lot well a few individuals were depressed and I think about it like now that I, I learn more about it and I've experienced myself and going through therapy for myself, I am able to recognize things in these said individuals previously that I never was able to acknowledge or understand or see it for myself. So now I'm just like, now I extend a certain level of grace to these past people because it's like, you know what, you might not know that you were depressed or that you had something going on. However, I see you. And I see you for who you don't see yourself as. And it's like, I have to give them a certain level of grace. Yeah, I have um, someone that, you know, I 
deal with consistently. And I feel like he has anxiety. And when he is in his worrisome mode and stressing over everything, I remind him, hey, that's just your anxiety. It's going to be all right. And then he kind of gets like, yeah, oh, hey, you know, like, don't say that. And then I feel bad because it's like, that's not a bad thing. So yeah. many people have anxiety and don't even know that that's what they're experiencing. And that's the leading right. cause. Right, that's it, right. Exactly, like, yes, being a worry bug, getting super anxious before a big thing that's supposed to take place, and it's that, that's anxiety. But when I say that to him, he doesn't receive it well, so I've had to remove that from the vocabulary. That word, yes. Mm -hmm. And instead, just instantly f say it's okay, but give multiple affirmations to follow. Hey, 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 it's okay. I know that you're going to turn out well after you go and do that. I know that whatever numbers you're gonna make, you're gonna make those. You may even make a little more. Um, if you don't end up making it that way, don't worry about it because next time it'll be a better experience. You know, yeah. that's what I usually do. But yeah, I've had to like remove that word because it's just like, Oh, it's like, okay, I'm sorry. He's making it seem like I said, like I'm saying, yeah, like I'm saying, like he's got some disease or something. When I say it, it's like, it's okay. But again, it's just another black man with mental health. And it's like, oh, can't say that, you know? Yeah, so now I guess to answer the question I just, just um, asked you, I don't think I've ever, I've only had one person and it happened this year admit that they battled with anxiety and they were um, just telling me what they do to cope with it. Um, he said that what helps his anxiety is um, a run. He has to run every morning. Um, he notices that when he doesn't run, that's his way of clearing you know, himself of all that clutter in his head, telling him all these things like, I'm worried about this. This is bothering me. Well, what's gonna happen, blah, blah, blah that when he doesn't have the run, the clutter comes. So that's his way of battle, of dealing with anxiety. Um, he said that he, you know, once he kind of diagnosed himself, he just felt like there wasn't a need to get on medications. He just started to educate himself, got some books on it, and found a way to battle it on his own. But he okay. said for many years, he kept thinking like, when I was going through these things as a child, I wasn't allowed to experience them. I, I couldn't talk about them with other people. Like these things that are going on in my head. And he feels like it got worse as, as an adult and kind of got out of control. And he was just grateful that he was strong enough to, um, you know, put a lid on that. And so then I asked him, does his, you know, lady like know like about that piece and he was like no he just felt like he's never needed to have a talk with her about it because he's like oh i handled it there's nothing for us to talk about i'm like okay okay so it's like yeah see yeah so, so like the like, question for him is what happens when you no longer can handle it what happens when you have a manic episode you know and, and you right. start shutting down you know so we, we have to think about that and it's like you don't have to release that information if you, you're just having a buddy. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because, hey, we're strictly doing this. But if this is your person, 
then I feel like you owe it to them to give them, you know, that bit of information. And, you know, I, I, I shared with you um, that I had a friend. I have a friend, and I did ask her if I can discuss this. Um, diagnosed versus undiagnosed. Her husband um, was diagnosed with bipolar schizophrenia. Okay. And he thought that he was able to, he had a hold on it. But however, because he didn't have a hold on it, then it affected him and he was depressed and lack of motivation, no ambition, this, that, and the third. So all of these side effects of not dealing with his diagnosis spilled into the relationship. So therefore, hey, this is your, this is now your said husband. And you've chosen to rock with him throughout this diagnosis, but he's not doing his part. You know, he's not doing his part. So therefore you feel like, hey, I've done all I can do, encouraging him to do therapy. It fell through. So unfortunately, at the time, he decided to step away from the marriage. You know, and I am happy to say that after him actually realizing, hey, you know, I'm going to lose my wife if I don't work on me. You know, I'm, I'm going to lose my wife if I don't work on me. And I'm just glad that therapy for her, for him, couples therapy, and him actually getting on a regimen with medication and actually, you know, taking the guidance of his therapist, that I'm happy to say that, hey, they're together again. You know, it took almost two years, but it took it it, it took hard work. A lot of That's people awesome. aren't willing to do the work. Well, hey, but the, at the least they sense, saw the yeah. beauty in the marriage and they fought because a lot of people Exactly. Don't. That's beautiful. Exactly. And I can honestly sit here and say that he fought a little hard on his end. Because he knew that he messed up, you know, by not taking his mental health seriously. And I'm just, I'm so happy that, you know what, they didn't let this ruin them. Because it, it could have. Yeah, I, the first thing I do is I love me a success story. I love, yeah. especially when it comes to black love and relationships or whatever. I love hearing that we fixed it. We yeah. fixed it. So yes. many people just. No, they don't and, do anything. It's different if you walk away from a situation, if you've exhausted every I possible mm -hmm. option, that's that's understood. But I feel like if you just, she could have just been that person like, okay, this is what you have and I'm out. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, but, but I, I must say she's like, the type of person to step outside of herself. So again, yeah. it takes and a certain though, level of yes, maturity. And even though they had their temporary separation, Clearly, she still kept in contact with him, which means that she didn't close the door and make him feel alone completely. She had to do what she had to do for herself. And that is a great segue into our next question, which is, can these said mental health issues, whether diagnosed or undiagnosed, or just, yeah, depression, anxiety, or traumas, both childhood traumas and adult traumas, hinder the relationship and... That story goes to tell you that yes, that's it's proof that it can by you sharing that story. But they were able to to work through it, and I guess now me and you we can talk about like I guess maybe what it's been like seeing it like hinder um, um, relationships. I will honestly say that, um, and um, I've only I've been depressed a few times in my life. I never felt comfortable voicing that to a partner until um, my uh, second marriage. And when I voiced that, I was feeling depressed. And it was because I had just lost a job that I really liked. Um, it was that, just stressing about, you know, 
income because I made most of the money in the home anyway. Yeah, me. So, yeah, just feeling like, yeah, and depressed about the fact that I didn't think he could carry me. That didn't make me feel good. So then there comes the anxiety. You're worrying all the time. So it was like both going on at once. And I remember deciding to have a conversation. And that was only because I was thinking about what I had learned from individual therapy before and also couples therapy, that if you are having a moment, especially if you're in a marriage, you need to speak up about it. Don't try to hold it in, speak up. So that was me trying to be courageous. And I will honestly say that it was not handled with care. It was more so, you, you're not depressed. Again, I'm being viewed as this, I'm a strong woman, there's no way. Um, and that, yeah, that, you know, I'm gonna be okay. It's just because of the job. Like, you'll get another one. It was just all those. And I don't know, though, that wasn't words of affirmation. It definitely wasn't no. support. And no. then, I think he knew. He wasn't even sure about the way he handled me because he immediately went to his mother and told her what I had confessed about feeling depressed and anxiety. And then she called me and kind of did the work for him about what could be done and I hated it, I hated it. I appreciated her doing it, I guess, because as her daughter-in-law, maybe she thought that was a good deed of the day or whatever. So hey, you did it because you didn't have to. But it was very annoying and I will honestly say that in this moment, that might be a trauma for me. Moving forward that if I were to, I don't think anxiety is ever gonna go away because I'm a freaking mom. So let's just put that one. But <laughs> but if depression were to ever show up again in life for me and I happen to be in another relationship, I don't know if I could admit that and see what I'm saying about this, yeah. this cycle and hinder in a relationship. And that is going, could be a hinder. But then again, I'm trying to speak positivity in my life, even in my future life that I haven't even met up with yet, that I just hope that the good Lord and the universe Hears me with somebody that will be able to see me, see me and know me that I won't even have to mouth those words because he's going to know I'm not all right. Exactly. That's how I'm going to say know, it. And then I can honestly. Yeah. And, and I'm, yeah. that's what I hope and see. That's another thing. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to go off course because I need you to say your piece about about this topic. But yeah. Like, in that moment, that did hinder the relationship because, yeah, I got really pissed off that I wasn't handled with care. I think, and again, it's yet another trauma or something that I have that I will potentially bring into my next relationship, too, is about emotional safety, which I've talked about before. Um, Like, saying, yeah, I think the episode is called, um, what is it, Uh, Sanctuaries, Babies, and Bad Timing. And the sanctuary piece is about your partner being your peace and being your safe place. And I was saying, I've only felt like that one time in my life. So it's just kind of like, yeah, moving forward. Yeah. How do you feel safe enough to say that? You know? And yeah, that will end the relationship because if you are depressed, there's no way you're showing up for your partner in ways that you should. And I will also say for me, 
I know what happened when I felt like I was depressed. I definitely checked out of the marriage in that moment because of the lack of support and just me battling with what I was dealing with. So yeah, it did hinder the relationship. However, I wasn't, that was just layers to how my relationship ended anyways, but that was a piece that I remember too. However, again, it's, it's all about if you're able to do the work or if you're with a partner that can handle you with proper care, such as the story that you shared. Yeah. It, it's a lot. And, you know, looking back, I think I realized maybe about a year ago that my previous relationship, we were both depressed. Mm. Oh, we were wow. both depressed for other reasons. And I think maybe about two, almost three years after the breakup, we had a conversation. And we realized that we both didn't show up for each other the way we were supposed to. Wow. Hi, mm. Yeah, and it was like, and I think when I started to come up out of my depression, that's when I started to realize, hey, he ain't showing up for me the way that I'm showing up for him. And I guess I was showing up for him a little more because at the time he was all I had, you know, and it, it just, it, it hindered it. It hindered a lot of things, you know, but I guess we learned, we learned from each other that, you know what, hey, we didn't show up, uh, you know, the best for each other, but you know what, we I, we're going to accept this defeat, realize where we went wrong and we are okay. You know, and just have to move forward. But it was like, I'm now thinking back, and I'm just like, wow, we were both in like a really, a really messed up mental health space. And it was just like, we couldn't be there for each other. The relationship couldn't go the way that it was supposed to go or grow in any aspect because he wasn't able to give certain things. I wasn't able to give certain things. And we were both looking for each other to fill those voids, but not realizing the voids that needed to be filled. And nobody was speaking up. Nobody was saying anything. And because, hey, it's so taboo. You know, especially to like, you know, some Jersey dude. He's not going to say, yeah, I'm a little depressed. It is going to be like, oh, I'm a product of my environment. You know? And it's just like, okay. And I'm like, well, you know, hey, that's just him. But as I started to really work on myself, I'm like, this ain't cutting it. This is not cutting it. Like, I need to do better for myself. And he needs to do better for himself. We can't give more. You know, so it, it handled the relationship, you know, and it's like everybody was in a depressive state for a very long time. And now thinking about it, it's like the house was just always in like a somber mood. Like it was just, it was just blah all the time. And it's like, and I, I think that he was a little bit more depressed than I was because that was his state that he was accustomed to living in versus my depression was, was new, you know? So he became so comfortable with being in that rut that I feel like it kind of probably dragged me further into mine because I'm thinking, hey, if he's okay with it, then I'm okay with it. So it, it hindered the relationship, but it's like, you know, it was a learning experience. And, you know, we both, we didn't show up for each other. We didn't show up for ourselves. What's so interesting about you saying that you think that maybe your depression could have been on a minor scale and his on a major scale, that it essentially dragged you or basically converted your minor symptoms to more major symptoms and I'm going to tell you something 
being with someone that is having some type of mental health issue or anything, even if you were of sound mind and weren't battling anything, it transfers over it does. to you. Because you're laying in bed with this person. You're sharing energy with this person. You're sleeping with this person. And now when I look back on my life and thinking about how I could have been in a happy place, but, and it's funny because my mom would kind of point it out sometimes for me too when I was in a particular situation like, you know, what's up with, you know, this dude, you know, he's all whatever, getting and then seemed like you were doing okay and now your energy like a little off or whatever and now it's like you you carry it too you carry yeah, it's it a it's, you, you can energy. try to avoid it all you want even if you just say i'm gonna lead him in the house and i'm gonna go out and i'm gonna vibe with my girls i'm gonna go shopping i'm gonna do this and just leave him where he it doesn't matter you're still you're still if y'all especially living together that energy is gonna get transferred period whatever yeah. it is and it does affect you mentally emotionally and all of that yeah it, it does so yes again we're we keep having point after point after point after point the bottom line is it will hinder the relationship it's just all yeah. a matter of if people want to acknowledge it and some people don't some people don't no because or, it's all about an image this too or another thing that um I think people get a lot of caught up. I remember having a conversation with somebody years ago telling me how they had, um, like, you know, kind of like a, um, a pill addiction and they had checked into a rehab and that, that's where they met supposedly that what they thought would have been like the love of their life. And I didn't find this out until like after they broke up, but when listening to the story and just knowing what I knew now, this was something else I have written down of points that I wanted to make. I was like, I'm thinking about you. You mentioned it like two people doing something together. And it's like, that's what the, everybody talks about. That is so appealing. That always looks like a match made in heaven when you're bonded by a trauma, bonded by a mental health issue, bonded by an addiction, anything like that. Yes, it does seem like it. And those people really think, oh my God, I found my person. They mirror me, they get me, or whatever. And it's like, yeah. But the You're moment, and guess what? Guess what? With this, with this person that had told me this, and this was years ago. And you want to know when things got rocky for both for both of them is one person left therapy and did the work, the other person left therapy and did nothing. 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 Went back to using pills. And then that affected her. And then she ran away because by then a child was like in the picture. And then he instantly got mad at her. You abandoned me, threw it back of us. I thought you would be the only one that's, you're judging me. But of course it gets thrown back in, in, in her face like, hey, this is how, how we met. You know, you knew like I have a problem. And because I had a moment of weakness, like, oh, you want to go and like run. And it's just like, yeah. So it's kind of like, I think I would say, and I know people could say anything is possible, but I don't know. I don't think two drug addicts or two no. bipolar people or two depressed people need to be linking up. I'm sorry. No. I'm no. going to say it's a no for me, you're though. essentially dancing with your demons. That's what you're doing. Well, you're like essentially that Okay, dancing with your demons. Yeah, that doesn't seem yes. like a good... And even, I don't care if it seems... It could be bliss for like two, three years straight. That is crashing and burning. I don't care what You want to get tired of dancing? 
I don't even gotta be around to see it happening and it's going to crash and it's yeah. going to burn. It's got to. There's yeah. no way you can thrive in, in that environment. And bonding by trauma is so toxic. And but a lot of people confuse it with bliss. They do, and it's not. Yeah. It's toxicity yeah. at its finest. Um I wholeheartedly agree with you. Yeah. You know, and hey, it is what it is. Um so next, I guess we can um, talk about something that's more so about ladies, us women, that we go through in a relationship where our mental health may not be A1. And I guess postpartum depression. Um, I don't think I went through that with, um, with either of my pregnancies. I don't, um, I know some people, yeah, would say, you know, like, oh, well, sometimes you don't even know, but I think the reason why I never got to really sit in that is because I had a lot to do. Mm -hmm. Um, having my daughter, I was like a young girl and, um, there was no time to be depressed. No. My mother was right there like, okay, this is what you want to be doing with this baby or whatever. You know, our father was being a jerk off. So it was like, I didn't have time to even be in that because I was in straight survival mode about how I'm going to raise this little girl and take care of her. Yeah, I didn't, I had no time for, to, to even be, to be sad or be like, oh, or feel the highs and lows or whatever it is. I didn't. And then... The same thing happened to me again when I had my son, and even then I was married at that time. Had no time to be depressed, straight survival mode. I'm on an unpaid maternity leave. Okay, looking at the savings, looking at this. Again, I'm the breadwinner. He ain't bringing in what is this. Okay, you know what? How about you just focus on sitting down? You want to heal a little faster so you can get to work a little faster. Yeah, guess where I was? Back at work. It's at six weeks postpartum C-section when I should have been sitting down for 12 weeks. Yeah, back. Survival mode, no time for postpartum depression. And um, no. looking looking back, I would rather have one through the postpartum depression than to yeah. be in straight survival mode after birth. That is, it's it was it's exhausting. I don't but think my body what? healed properly from no. either of my pregnancies. Nope. And all because I was left to kind of carry more weight at the, at that time. Yeah. And somebody wasn't there to take something off my plate that already had so much on it. Yeah, so I... But if you think about it, at times women who don't go through postpartum depression, sometimes you should go through it. That's what I'm just saying. That's what I said. I would rather, if I could go back and redo life, I would take postpartum depression than being in survival mode and not having your body rest and not having to be yeah so it wasn't depression it was just anxiety in the severest form that's what that was in survival mode but if you think about it after a while you develop depression from being in survival mode so what it is is this actually suppressed postpartum depression if you think about it yeah because it was like i went through the same thing didn't have i couldn't 
I had to take care of a sick child. So I'm go, 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 go. And being the sole, the only parent. And it's just like after a while, that depression pops up a few years later because you're still holding on to the fact that, hey, you have to show up in ways that, you know, you didn't expect to fully show up and you thought there was going to be a counterpart. So it's like everything has a delayed reaction. And sometimes postpartum depression does have a delayed reaction and it shows up years down the line. And it's like, you're like, well, where did this depression come from? It's like, wow, I had to be the sole breadwinner. I had to be the main provider. I had to be in survival mode. And that survival mode, I hate it. Um, I, I, I hate it. Mm, absolutely. I have something, too, confession time on This Can't Be Life, that is a fun fact about me. People who, like, weren't in my life for, you know, for years or we had lost contact and came back, they always have said to me, when did you start wearing makeup? Because fun fact about me, I did not start wearing makeup like foundation and makeup eyebrows and all that stuff really until I have my son. Now you can scroll on Instagram and look and you can definitely tell I did not wear foundation. Now this will go as is. And why I started wearing makeup is because when I got back to work, and you know them people, they don't hold and spin no bars with you, okay? The Caucasian folk. All the whole, I'm telling you, they kept saying, you look so tired, Kanisha. Oh my God, I feel so bad for you. I hated it. So I'm like, at the time, I think I asked somebody, you know, that wore my makeup. Yeah, it was my god sister at the time. I'm like, what can I do to look untired? You do this makeup stuff, what do I do? That's how it started. And, um... I just never wanted to hear people tell me that ever. It was it was it was terrible. It made me feel really because bad. Because in your mind you weren't supposed to be tired. I wasn't supposed to be yeah. and I had to fight and again job. I had to co- I was covering up my reality by putting on that yeah. makeup. Yeah. So it's like sometimes and then um, unfortunately it kind of became a a thing. A thing. So that's how I developed a relationship with makeup. Because I got tired of people saying, and then you know what was funny as well is every time I remember I went through a phase where I said I was going to give up on it. This was when I was back working um, at Stewart Home Care or whatever, where I met Fran or whatever. And I remember when I tried to go through my phase of not wearing it, I got it again. Oh my gosh, you look so tired. You look so. I said, okay, that's it. That's it. That's it. And um. I think now I've been taking days off like with not wearing makeup and people don't receive me that way and it feels good. Because now you look so tired, you look so tired. When I think about the stages of my life that people were saying that to me, I know what that type of tired was and trust me, it was more than not getting enough sleep, okay? Okay, yeah. You look like life was dragging me. Yeah, basically dragging me, throwing mama from the bus. Throw mama from the train. <laughs> yes. Yes. So now, like, you see me right now as we're looking at each other or whatever. I, didn't, I don't care about that today. I don't need to because no. I don't think I look like I need to go to sleep or I look like I've been dragged or whatever. Yeah, I'm in a better, better space. But, yeah, that you look tired with somebody basically pointing out my mental health. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's, uh, it's <laughs> always, it's very subtle. And yes. you never realize it until down the line. But I also think that as women, we have this, you know, 
this this armor we put on and we're like, I got it, I got it. And yes. it's like I think with postpartum depression, men need to educate themselves from the moment that they find out that they're gonna be a father. Because it's like you have to understand how you're supposed to show up for your partner. Right. You know, and it's like don't always say, Hey, well my mama did it and she did it. No, 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 no. But no. you know that there are women that will say that they're not going through that. So, um, my best male friend, I know, with his um, wife, he educated himself on it before. I had given him, like, you know, kind of watch out for that stuff. So he was seeing a little bit of the signs, and he would ask her, like, you okay or whatever. And she swore up and down that it was not. And that's yet another example that sometimes it's not always the man that doesn't want to admit it and his instance, yeah. that was another a black woman not wanting to at least. She didn't want to show him that she wasn't strong yes. in that moment. But he supported her through it. Yet another success story. Um, he was like, it was rough. He said he swear she went through it for like the first year or so after having them just a lot of mood swings and things like that. But he supported her through it. Absolutely. As, as, as he should because he said he understood that, you know, he knew it was coming. He just didn't know how long it would be or whatever, you know. So, and again, yeah. stepping outside of yourself to provide that support for your partner. And everything reverts back to stepping outside of yourself. Whatever, yes, whatever and, and so that they can be seen. See them. Yeah. See yes. them. And people think waking up to somebody every, every morning is seeing them because you live in the same house. No, it's not. It's not. Seeing some, some, somebody is also internally like exactly. you have to metaphorically say lay them down and perform that cat scan and, and look for whatever is going on if you sense something is off but we're also creatures of habit and because we are creatures of habit if you are paying attention to your spouse you're going to realize hey they're not doing x y and z let me follow up let me do a wellness check Right. You know, so it's like you you have to know your partner, and we are creatures of habit. You know, so be mindful, and it, like again, it takes a certain level of maturity, compassion, and understanding. Mm. You know, and I think in relationships we lack those things. We lack compassion. We lack understanding. And sometimes people don't know how to treat you, but you have to you have to teach them how to treat you because they're. They, Listen, everybody don't come with a manual automatically. Everybody's manual is different. So that manual you use for that last person, it doesn't work on, on the same person. Well, so sometimes the manuals in your relationship needs revision because, like, I was listening to a live of, of um, what is it, Kara J. I am Kara J. I was listening to one of her lives, and she was talking a lot about change and growth. And she yes. talked about it individually, but then she also talked about it in relationships. And I feel that this definitely um, relates to, to even with mental health because she said that you, like your partner or, or whoever, just like with yourself, you can, you can change. But yes. you also need to understand that everybody makes changes. Anybody can change overnight if they want to. And she says what you need to be paying attention to really too also is your partner's growth. growth. That's who they really are, or lack thereof, or their lack growth. of growth. You need to pay attention now because you're going to have to adjust to somebody's growth, and that's where the turbulence comes. And when you know if somebody really loves you and supports you through you, you, you growing. Like, for instance, we could even take you, for, for example. 
you are who you are today, but you attest that you are somebody who is growing and you're on a journey. So where you will be in 2024, you know, your fiance is going to have to adjust his manual to what certain things mean, mean for you. What, meant, what is meant for you or whatever works right now may not work three years from now. And he's yes, just no. supposed to notice that and then follow up like you said, well, well, what can I do? As opposed to it's just, this is a change. And like she said, so many people confuse growth with change. It's it, Somebody's not switching up on you. They need to work to come the best version of themselves if they're showing up with the best version of what they like every morning when they wake up and that doesn't work for you, sometimes you got to look at yourself. Because, because if they ain't doing nothing to harm you, why are you tripping them? Exactly. You need to rise to the occasion as well. Correct. For whatever that is. And that includes the mental health piece. Exactly. Doesn't yeah, like you can't, you can't sit here and just be like, oh yeah, you know, Oh, yeah, because I got, she was always, she's just the happiest person. She's the life of the party. She's there for everybody. Okay, and what if she decides that she's she's battling with clinical depression? So you're just supposed to be like, oh, my gosh, this is a change. Maybe she's grown into something and it's become too much or whatever. She's Maybe she wanted to take on some type of business. And the business caused her to have some severe anxiety, which then led to her being too depressed. It's a lot. What you going to do? Yeah. You you you're gonna have to shape up or or, or, or ship out. It's it's either you you, you know because there's no way it's 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 a different type of to me disrespect to sit there and watch a struggle and do nothing to support the other party. Yeah. And all yeah. you do is complain about oh they changed. You know, but I also feel that some people might not agree. I feel that as women we should extend more grace to men on these topics because it's so taboo for them and it's like we we want grace ourselves we have to extend more to these men because it's going to take a certain level of trust and vulnerability for them to come full circle and be and actually say i might need to talk to somebody or I might need to find some coping skills. And it's like a lot of the times we don't be like, ah, oh, he should just deal with it. No, we have to extend a certain a certain level of grace. And it takes a fully mature individual to be like, you know what? You're right. Let me give him a little more attention. And you know, sometimes they big old babies, but it's like, you know what? It's so tabby. And a lot of men get penalized for even saying that they feel depressed or that they have anxiety or they're going through trauma. So you know it like again we have to extend grace to ourselves and extend even a little bit more grace to our partners who are deserving of that grace oh i'm so glad you put that disclaimer in there because i was sitting there and i was like yeah she could put the people that's not agreeing she looking right at her on facebook i would say you know me you know my saying when i hit, hit people with the martin lawrence, martin lawrence nigga what <laughs> yeah like <laughs> Thank you. But who, are who are deserving. Who are deserving. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> I ain't handing out. You know I'm quick to snatch up somebody's grace in the heartbeat, but I gave you too much. Right. But it's deserving. And we can differentiate, you know, what's what's deserving or not. But it's like, you know what? And it also come up preserving yourself because extending too much is harmful for you. That's why you extend the grace to the deserving. That's all. Amen. 
Um, so next, um, okay. So we then talked about mental health from different angles. So what mental health does hinder the relationship, whether it's postpartum, depression, anxiety, diagnosed versus undiagnosed, whatever it is. Maybe your partner is grieving because of a death. Anything can alter their mental health. But if it is hindering the relationship, and maybe you guys have tried to do the work on your own and you don't know the best practices and not everyone can because when you are we all get at war with our partners it's a battle it it is and sometimes well a lot of times when we are at war with them it is so hard to see the relationship from their lens yes it's also hard to um realize that when we are at war with each other and a lot of people call it being petty or tit for tat you condition yourself to mirror each other's behaviors and I actually learned that on this past episode of the um put a ring on it that I've been trying to get you to watch she's telling you that you're like yes and Dr. Nicole said that to one of the couples when they you know she was doing individual therapy even though it's a couples therapy group um she would take each partner to the side and while she was talking to Jessica and Eric Eric were the couple and then when she was did her one-on-one session with Jessica she said to her she said stop it right there she said you two mirror each other she goes, everything you say he does to you, you do it to him and you don't even realize it. Right. She said, it's because you guys have been at war for so long, you mirror each other. And then she just kind of like started crying a little bit because she did, she couldn't see herself outside of herself. So I feel like if mental health happens to hinder our relationship, I definitely think that you're probably, if you can't find the practices on your own and you guys are at war, and if you really want to try to make it work, I definitely think a third party needs to intervene yes. expeditiously. I'm not I am so pro-couples therapy. Yeah. I'm pro-couples therapy, absolutely. Because ain't, ain't no way you're going to be able to to, to see, see it out, outside. You'll never be able... It's like, you, it really just turns into... You're wrong, I'm right. That's right. really where it, where you guys end up in a box. I don't care what race you are, how long you've been together, whether you got kids, whether you don't, whether you got a bunch of money or whether you're a couple that's, you know, lower class or whatever it is. You all end up there where it's, yeah, you're right, I'm wrong. You're the reason why we got here and I didn't do this, but you did that. It always turns into a point and fingers type thing. And once you get there... It's going to be hard to pull yourself out without having an unbiased third party examine you two. So again, you know I'm, I'm pro couples, couples therapy with or without mental health being the reason. Exactly. And you know what? A lot of the times it's ego. It's ego. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, it's ego. And it's like ego doesn't have any room in a relationship Mm-mm. because I always say my partner is not my enemy and if I have to talk to you like you're somebody in the street then we have a problem because when, if I'm talking to you like you're a stranger in the street I'm coming for you and I need to exhibit 
express a certain level of restraint because hey you're my partner you're not my enemy and i know for me personally the moment that i start to curse you out or talk to you like you're not the love of my life then all bets are off because so i have to put my ego aside and be like yeah okay i'm upset whatever it may be but you know i understand that our relationship is much more important and my ego it it can go to the side because i understand what i'm fighting for you know so i've learned that in couples therapy before yeah. that um when i've taken couples therapy and it's funny that you were able to learn that on your own it was this figure of speech that this therapist i've seen two different um couples therapists and i think the first round of couples therapy i went to she always used to say you don't focus on the fight you focus on the bigger picture Yes. Whatever that vision is that you guys had whenever you fell in love or whenever you decided that this was my person or your person you want to spend that, remember that every time you're getting ready to go there. And she said, and if that picture, if you put it on the wall and if, let's just say your vision starts getting blurry and you can't see that picture, the end is near. Yeah. And it's so funny because with the person that I was in couples therapy with at the time, used to make it seem like, oh, she, yeah, you know, therapists can't tell us that that means the end of their people. Yo, people get to all types of times and all this other stuff, but knowing what I know and what I've been through, that woman ain't never lied. Whatever that picture is on the wall that's supposed to be the vision of you two, and if it starts getting blurry, the colors start changing, or like if you left it out in the sun and you know... You know, it could ruin a painting, you know, the colors and stuff like that. The end is near. Because you can't you can't go back. You can't. No. You you could create a whole new picture, but if that's the case, that's like creating a whole new partner. Yeah. To start from scratch with. And if that's you you can't do that with the same person. Think you're just gonna whatever because the bottom line is you guys always have to keep a solid foundation Foundation. from day one that's why the bigger picture thing it really it it sounds so corny but it's really the truth it is it is i have learned that the hard way man have i and it's just so funny that you've learned it right away and I'm giving you the round of applause. Girl, I'm going to give you some flowers. Yeah, because I'm telling you. Yeah, the end is near. Once that you go into that mode, like you said, talking to somebody like they're on the street, even times I have to think about ways in which I've I've behaved. Like, well, I was accountable, I think, on whatever episode number it is where I said I am Malcolm, that whole um, Malcolm and Marie thing on there. And yeah, and how Malcolm... And Marie fought, and I had to pick like which one I was, and I was like, "Yeah, that that was me." And I was yeah. shipping on my thought, I don't ever want to be that person again. Really and, talking and to your partner, too. your partner yeah. like they somebody you got smoke with on the street, yo. It's not a good look at all. No. Just looking back and to know that I was even involved in stuff like that, it's terrible to even revisit that. Yeah. And. What I do know is that I'm never going to show up like that ever again for whoever I end up with. I don't care how bad it is. I'm not going to. Maybe if I do want to say, okay, you raggedy bitch, I'll just text it to you 
<laughs> I'll just text you and be like, he is a raggedy bitch. All right. <laughs> but I am raggedy. not going to say it to him under any circumstance. No. Because I respect my relationship. I respect my relationship and I respect my partner. Absolutely. But I'm going, and I'm I care going about the bigger picture and I want us to have a solid foundation. So that way, even if the top of the house the roof get a little hole in it. We still have a solid foundation. The roof can be can be repaired. Yes. Keep our yeah. Once the foundation starts, it becomes a demolition project. Okay. The end. The end is near. <laughs> I want out. I don't want to deal with this. No, thank you. Right. Amen. This is so great. I just feel a lot of people need this without knowing that they need it. Right. Yeah, so um, we're we're both pro couples therapy. So anybody who's listening, you might need to get some couples therapy. Even a lot of people, if you ain't got it, at least a workbook. Yes, and the pandemic is actually helping. There's a lot of people that are having like maybe your first three sessions free. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people are helping people doing like income scaling for, for people to pay. If their insurance or whatever is going on. So there's ways around it. Don't believe the stigmas behind mental health. They have so many different things, opportunities for people to get some. Because even if you said you guys are only going to get your first three sessions free. And y'all went literally every other week for three sessions. You could even get so much out of just three sessions to then say, we're going to save up for the next one to maybe continue exactly. depending on how much you want it it's up to you but there's there's ways around it not all mental health treatment or couples therapy is is expensive we have to shy away from that stigma there's ways around exactly it. and even cut back eating out or other stuff like that you know Correct. something or buying sneakers and alcohol Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah um and i guess to um close this out I guess I don't know I feel like you're more qualified to 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 really answer this question I mean I can give a few tips but I think you might have this one in the bag which is when it comes to mental health and in our relationships with our partners how do we show up for ourselves but still be a service to to them yeah what what are tips that you would say that that you that you recommend someone do so that there isn't an imbalance well, you know what? I'm I'm a firm believer in even just the smallest of things go a long way. I know that me, the way that I decompress, I like to go grocery shopping. I like to go grocery shopping. And I, <laughs> it was so random. <laughs> I like to go grocery shopping, and that's how I decompress. I always come back with like a whole bunch of cells, and I'm walking, I'm thinking, I'm talking to myself, listening to music while I'm doing that as well. And it's like when I come back home, I'm making all these meals. So I'm still showing up for their greedy behinds. But hey, I felt good doing this grocery shopping because I was able to decompress. I know that with myself, that for every one thing I do for my family, I do something for myself. Mm. You know, so I knew that I wanted, I was writing down how I wanted to get to a next career level. So I broke it down in stages. So, you know, I was able to, you know, find karate for my son, but then, hey, found a course that I needed to take for myself, you know? So it was like, it doesn't make me feel that I'm giving without getting anything in return or that I'm giving so much of myself and what do I have left over for me? So I 
also took in the fact that however I nurtured them, whether it be nutritional, whether it be education, entertainment, whatever it is, I need to give that same, um, you know, to give the same to myself. So I got my son into an activity. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get myself into an activity. So it's like, I have to one up. You know, I have to to one up and keep a scorecard. So what you're basically doing is working on your own mental health. Yeah. So that way you can be the best partner or best queen of the house. Yeah, working and even not just mental health, but aspects that affect my mental Mental health. health. So, okay, so let's just say you might be having... That's another thing. You're allowed to have a mental health moment. Yeah. You know, I have mental moments probably like four or five times a month. So <laughs> let's just say, basically, something that I would say that I'm I'm probably already, you know, play as fuck up. I ain't gonna lie. I was having a mental health moment. And let's just say, I wasn't receiving my partner while I didn't feel him. You mentioned that you would cook. I would not be cooking for <laughs> Now, at this moment, I'm going to tell you something. I laughed, that my drunk auntie laughed. But I feel very crappy and feel like I need some more work to do. Because, yeah, and this is, again, and I'm going to say this is something that I've learned from individual therapy where I fall short and I'm trying so hard. That's It's like the one piece of me that that is toxic that I'm trying to let go of, but it is so hard, is an all-or-nothing approach to things. So, because I'm not feeling you and I'm having a mental health moment, I'm not cooking for you. That is not fair because... Now... I would order out. At least I could say that. But what if he really likes what I make and was really looking forward? Yes, I will be that person that, no. Because, you know, I fucking did this and that. And I had a bad day at work and I had this and I had that. Yeah, so it just goes to show that I'm not able to handle that. I'm not wearing, I'm not wearing the mini hats well. But, yeah. Correct, and I'm not meeting the person halfway in my mental moment, which may not be received well by them because it may portray that I'm not a team player. Yeah. Um, it could portray that I'm selfish. It could portray a lot of different things. It could. And, it's, and hey, and thank God I'm not in a relationship right now. I can. But you know, that's how I, that's how I meet halfway because it's like you know what I. I'm not going to take this away. I ain't too happy with you, but this is how I show love. And I know that you are a person of habit and you, you know, you like a certain type of acts of service. So even though I ain't too happy with you. So you're still going to speak his love language even when you're upset. That's so beautiful. Yeah, um, I have a long way to go. I probably won't be in another relationship till by like 2026. I told you three years. You didn't tell me you did say three years. You did say that. Wait, I already got one year down almost. Look at you. But but it's like you know what? And it's been hard for me to continue. Yo, I wish that we were like on a live on Instagram so they could have seen my Millie walk. (laughs) Yes. And the drunk auntie laugh. Yeah. But it's like you know what? 
it takes a lot more work to be the bigger person than it does to ask. That's why I keep telling you the good Lord brought you into my life because, man, are you the bigger person? Because I'm telling you, I'm over here small, loud, and wrong. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to get you one of them t-shirts, small, loud, and wrong. Yeah, I like that. I like that. But um, again, at least I was honest to say that I could not answer that question. Because one thing I'm not going to do is sit on my platform and make up something when I know that I'm still falling short and I still have some lessons to learn. I'm still growing. I'm still actively in therapy, individual therapy right now. But yes, she gave it to you guys. She gave you all the, the, the tips. And I think that goes for either gender. It doesn't matter whether it's a man or a woman. Um, again... When you, if, whether you're single or you're in a relationship, I feel like you could take something from this episode. If you are single, have them uncomfortable conversations. You know, have you ever been depressed? You know, how did you deal with that? You know, even in your friendships, I, even in your friendships, even you know, in yes, even in your friendships. Like, let's just have those conversations because we're all human. No, no one is better than the other when it comes to ment- the mental health. Um, and again, for the couples. Just make sure that you can acknowledge if your your partner isn't at their best mentally, what you're willing to do to, to support them with it. Um, even if there aren't any mental health issues that are causing turbulence in your relationship, if you just feel like you guys need to improve it because you're not getting along or whatever, do not um, shy away from couples therapy. Embrace it. You, you can learn something. You're never too old. Or too good to learn something new. Or to or watch yourself. one of those shows you be watching. Yes, yeah, so or watch it? the shows that I watch too to, yes. to get you. Yes. But um that's our time. And um, we are out. <laughs>